0: Welcome, Wild Feathers. We have a treat for you today. Jamie Banks, the founder of Change of Scenery, is with us. Change of Scenery is a women's luxury and resort swimwear company. They have really great things, love their suits and cover-ups. Anyway, Jamie was the design director at Kate Spade, for several years. And then prior to that, she worked at Shoshana and she's worked at other brands before building her own brand. And Today, she's going to share some lessons that she's learned, aha moments. And she gives us insight into what her reality is versus what her perception was about building a brand. And she also shares a little bit about connecting with her customers and how she has been able to connect with her customers. She is absolutely delightful. She is charming, relatable, and super fun. Uh, I love, too, how she isn't afraid or hasn't been afraid of seeking advice and feedback from others throughout her journey. It's very admirable, and you'll hear ways that she's done that. I guarantee you, you will enjoy this episode. She is remarkable. Love her. Without further ado.
1: show Jamie. This is Jamie Banks from Change of Scenery. And uh, welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yay. Uh, so I know that well there's a lot of stuff we can chat about, but let's just dive in and start off with why did you start how did you become a journey? Or how did you become a journey? How did you become a founder? <laughs> That's <laughs> how did you a founder? Why did you become a founder and what led you to start change of scenery? And we can talk about what change of scenery is. Yeah.
2: Um, So I'm a fashion designer by background. I've been a fashion designer for 20 years Um, and I love design. I love the customer. Um, I love color, print, like all the things. I never, ever thought that I would have my own business. Uh, my parents were entrepreneurs. Uh, they actually owned an amazing hobby store, uh, basically a toy store uh, nowadays. So model right. trains, dollhouses. houses. I mean, like I had the best school projects of everybody. And, um, you know, when it's amazing, it's amazing. And I even remember in childhood, like when, when sales weren't good, when it wasn't a good year, like it you know, it's hard. And I always wish that my parents had vacation days and paychecks. And I always swore, like, I will work for someone, I will get a paycheck. I'm not doing this. And, you know, fast forward, me and my brother, my sister and my husband are all entrepreneurs. (laughs) So I think it's just something that you like grow up around and it's in your DNA. And like, I mean, my parents have this crazy, uh, yeah, it's in your, it's, <laughs> entrepreneurship is in your blood. Um, my parents have like a crazy work ethic and, um, and I have the same and my brother and sister have the same. So it's good and bad. You know, I think um, I'm really glad that I had the experience of working for amazing big companies for 20 years and learning from them and the way things are done in fashion or the way that things shouldn't be done in fashion. I think it's really good to have all different kinds of bosses. I've been very fortunate to work for some of the most amazing women, but then I've had experience was where I was like, I will never be that kind of boss. I will never be that kind of leader. Um, So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and be a 24 year old founder for anything. Um, I'm really glad that I did this um, in, in my forties, but it was not the plan. I thought that I would work for big companies forever, and I love building other people's brands, and I'm very, very good at it actually, <laughs> so yeah, this is I a love. whole new this is a whole new ball game building your own brand yeah. um actually, I was listening to one of your other episodes the other day, I forget who it was, and they said nothing could prepare you for running a small business except running a small business and I've been thinking about it all week since I heard it on your on your episode because i I think when i um Post-COVID, I decided to start a change of scenery. You know, I think a lot of people have a little bit of like a reckoning, um, you know, whatever I want to do next step in my career, the rest of my life. A lot of things in fashion changed very, very much in COVID. Um, and it all sort of led me to this. I, I had been working on a lot of categories at Kate Spade. I worked at Kate Spade for about 10 years overseeing um, the women's wear division. So anything apparel or repair related fell under me. Um, And of course, bathing suits was one of those categories. It was licensed to an amazing company called Swimmer Anywhere, um, which is like, you know, the leader in swim in the United States. And they make swim for a lot of companies. Um, And I loved working with them. I loved working with my team at Kate Spade. Swim is colorful and happy. And you can use like really fun prints and trim, like things that would look crazy in clothing. Um, So I always loved swim the most. And When I was sort of post-COVID deciding, you know, what my next step was going to be, I was sort of thinking about the things that brought me the most joy at Kate Speed, like of the 20 categories that I worked on, the things that I loved working on the most, and that sort of the things that just never felt like the customer was really being served entirely in that category. Um, So. You know, clothing. I mean, there's plenty of clothing. There's clothing everywhere, from Zara to Target to you know the designer brands to everything in between. There's just so much clothing now. It's very different than it used to be. Um, you know, outerwear, sleepwear, those are very specialized, and there's like quite a lot of good outerwear and sleepwear. In swimwear specifically, I always felt like the 20 year olds were very covered, and the like 67 year olds were very covered. But for for my friends, for women like 30 plus, let's call them there really wasn't a lot like you were sort of like stuck in the middle. Like, do you want to be too sexy or do you want to be too modest? But there wasn't like a ton in the middle that was really high quality. but wasn't $400 for a bathing suit. Um, and I sort of decided that it was a white space and that I was going to be the person to fill it.
1: That's awesome. Fantastic. I love it. So you touched on a couple of things. And I was just having this conversation with someone, I don't know, I feel like last week about starting out in larger companies and like the difference and the lessons that you learn and the experiences that you get working in a larger company uh, in the beginning of your career and then transitioning into a smaller versus just uh, jumping right into a startup out of college or not having that, uh, that foundation, you know what I mean? And I think like I too worked at a larger company and I think just the training and the experience and the dynamics and learning the, like you were saying, the different leadership styles and how things function. I think that's kind of priceless when you're building a business Mm -hmm. of like, just having that foundation established. Would you agree?
2: yeah absolutely i mean yes and no in a lot of ways of course it prepared me i mean of course i have a lot of contacts from being in the business for 20 years so i meet other founders in fashion who like moved from publishing to starting their own clothing line and i'm like how on earth did you do that like navigating that. i have so much respect for those people because that is so hard it was so hard for me and i have a lot of contacts after 20 years so um the contacts for sure. Definitely better to... What did they say? Better to learn on someone else's dime. You know, so um, I don't know. Maybe like learning that adjustable straps are important in bathing suits. Like I'd rather have learned that there so that now all of my bathing suits have adjustable straps. It's just like one less thing to be a problem with the customer, right? But there's also like a really big downside to it. At least there was for me. When I first launched Change of Scenery, um, I thought that I needed everything that Kate Spade needed.
0: And ah. or any
2: of the big companies that I had worked for. So Kate Spade is like a, a you know, multi-billion dollar company. I've also worked for brands like Shoshana um, or Millie. So they're like, you know, in the tens of millions in sales. So not small, but not huge still like a pretty decent budget for things. So I launched Change of Scenery and I'm like, I'm going to meet my customer where she is. I'm going to be in department stores and boutiques and I'm going to do trunk shows and I'm going to do all the trade shows and I'm going to have giant photo shoots and be on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok because that's what those brands do. And mm-hmm. I, it cost me a lot of money in the beginning and a lot of time because I'm one person. And I don't need to be all of those things. I mean, you know, Kate Spade wasn't in 1995 and, and neither was Shoshana and all those things. They built up their brand. I need to build up my brand. I need to decide what's the most important thing for me to do right now. So that's been a really big learning experience. And maybe if I hadn't been in corporate first, I wouldn't have thought that I could have all of those things. Um, it, it sounds very obvious to say now that like I can't have all those things, but it, it wasn't really that clear at first.
1: I think that's a great point, though. I mean, and I also think you people think you they may need all the resources, or depending on how scrappy you are within larger companies, that may be a little bit of a a learning curve or an adapting curve, you know? Yeah,
2: and you and I were talking about. um, I had a photo shoot last week for my fourth collection. Um, You and I were talking about it before the show, and. My first photo shoot, which was only a year and a half ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago. I had, first of all, I had like so many pre photo shoot meetings with the head of marketing at Kate Speed, who's my friend, the head of styling at Kate Speed. And everyone's giving me advice. You need a portable bathroom, you need Starbucks runs a few times a day, you need catering, you need. Like, I mean, it was COVID. You need COVID testing. Like, okay, so I didn't do like all these things, but I did a lot of them. And it was really expensive, my first photo shoot. I got agency models. I had this amazing location in Palm Beach. I had a video team. I had a photography team. I mean, assistants. It was nuts, okay? Tuesday, last Tuesday, I had a photo shoot. And it was me, the photographer, and the model, and my friend Marnie's 17-year-old daughter, Sienna, taking video. And it's amazing. Like, (laughs) like it's, it's just as good, if not better than what we got out of the shoot a year and a half ago. Um, But I didn't know. And, and, you know, it takes some stumbling and falling to get there. So. I think
1: that's just normal founder stuff as well. That comes with the territory.
2: Anyway, it always seems like everyone else is just like making decisions and like, you know,
1: that's not true. Skipping right along. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but this is the problem with Instagram, right?
1: Right. Everyone makes decisions, but it doesn't. They may have taken a few steps to get there, right? Like, yeah. they may have learned a few lessons along the way. Yeah. It doesn't happen instantaneously. But. So, when did you actually start? Like, how long did it take you from conception to launch, the first launch?
2: So let's see. Um, I know exactly when I decided to do it. My, I have three little kids, so my husband and I don't get away a lot. Um, But we were at my parents in Florida in December 2021, and my mom said, "We got it. They're three kids. They're not that hard. You guys go away for two days." So we did. We went to um, a hotel in Key Largo, and we were like at the pool with the palm trees and like you know all these you know beautiful women walking around, whatever. And my husband's like, I just think, well, uh, sorry, I had a consulting job with a swim company at the time and I was really enjoying it. And my husband said, I haven't seen you this happy since before COVID. Like you just like really have always loved designing swim. Like, and I don't think that this consulting job is the right thing. Like you're not really jiving with like the DNA of this brand. It was, it's a great brand, but it was a brand that focuses on, um, like a UPF protection, um, and like rash guards and things like that. Cause unfortunately the founder had had breast cancer, like at a very young age. Um, so it was a beautiful, wonderful brand, but it like, wasn't really like what I do best in swim. And we're like under the palm trees in the pool at this hotel. And he's like, you know, why don't you do it on your own? Like these girls did it. Like don't work for them. You should do it. And I said, I don't know. I never wanted my own business. I'm not sure. And he said, um, you know, why don't you write a business plan and you don't have to do it. The business plan is like very therapeutic. Like by going through the steps of the business plan, you'll see like if you are feeling like it really is a white space, is there really a customer? Is this like a realistic business that you could, you know, make happen? And so I spent the next, the first few months of 2022 um, writing a business plan, a very, very unnecessarily long business plan. (laughs) Um it was an 80-page business plan. I had downloaded, oh, wow. yeah, I downloaded wow. a template from Creative Marketplace, which by the way is an amazing resource for anything you ever ever need. Um, Creative Marketplace, it's, it's awesome. like um if you need to make a lookbook, like you go on and download a template. It's sort of like Canva, but like a little bit more elaborate for certain things. Um they basically have a template for like anything you would ever need. And um, they're like $10. It's like very minimal for how long it would take you to build it yourself. Yeah. So I downloaded a template for like a creative looking business plan and it was, I don't know, 80, a hundred pages, whatever. And I thought I had to fill out every single page, which by the way, yeah. you don't, you can skip <laughs> the pages that are <laughs> relevant to you. Meanwhile, I'm like presenting this business plan to no one. It's literally so like me and my husband can decide if this is like something that like we want to invest our own money in and move forward with. And so I show it to my husband, and he's like, "What is this?" I'm like, "It's my business plan." He's like, "Why is it Navy Pages?" <laughs> <It's, laughs> but it it was very therapeutic, and honestly, like what I started off with, my friend Rachel had said to me, uh, who had really bought a lot of my bathing suits over the years at different companies I had worked at, like I'm bummed that you're not designing bathing suits anymore because those are my favorite ones. Like I really feel like no other brand has like the right tush coverage, but I still feel sexy and like. This printer's fisky and all those things. And I was like, really? Like, is that what you always thought that I was the best at? And she's like, yeah. And I sort of like inserted that into the business plan and started like, you know, really researching that customer. And if I really did feel like other brands were covering that. So it was a journey, it was about like a three month journey, let's call it, on this business plan. But I really felt excited about it and like a little bit or a lot challenged. Um, And I realized right away how much i didn't know about the fashion business that i thought that i knew. So you know, right. it, you work in design like for 20 years, right? So you're basically the design team is adjacent to the merchandising team, the production and product development team. But like you don't really, especially in a big company, you don't work a lot with the sales team or the marketing team, or even if you're in meetings with them, like i just really started having like a new respect for like what they did on a daily basis because everyone thinks their job's the hardest, you know. Um but now, I mean sales is really hard, marketing is really hard. And these days it doesn't matter how good your product is. Like if your marketing's bad, like no one will ever see your product. It will never reach the customer. So I realized that from the business plan. I mean I literally called my friend Sarah, who had been, um, the director of digital marketing at Kate Spade. And I said, I have to be honest, like, I don't even know what you did all day at work. And I'm like on this section of the business plan. I don't even know what to write. <laughs> she was like, all right, let's dial it back to marketing one-on-one. So, um, yeah, uh, I, let's say I decided to move forward in like March and then I did all the things that like come naturally to me, designing, developing, Finding factories, working with the factories back and forth. Those parts, I think I've talked to other founders, like other founders come from marketing. That comes naturally to them. Right. This part like was second nature to me. This is what I've been doing my whole career. You know, getting samples, fitting them on myself, fitting them on a model, all those things. Um, but it's different when it's your own money you know it's one thing to like have a budget at a big company and just like buy prints and like use them when you want to use them i mean prints from an artist cost about like 800 dollars usually an original print for a style so when it's your own 800 dollars you have to like really think about it more and
1: so you were saying that you basically design the style mm-hmm. right and then you're you seek out material samples
2: is that what it is? Um. Yes and no. Actually, or it depends.
1: Or design or pattern,
2: I think. Mean. Uh, yeah. Well, so for me, everyone works a little bit differently. For me, no matter what I'm designing, it could be a scarf, sleepwear, a swimwear, it doesn't matter. It always starts with the color and print for me. Um, I think I've always worked at like very print-heavy color, um, like joyful companies. So, And that's sort of like my own DNA. So for me, I pick the print, I pick the color first. Then I pick the fabric second. And then I design, you call it like designing into the fabric. So for example, you would never design the same thing in like a cotton poplin as you would for like a very drapey silk, right? That, that sketch that you would do for that style would be totally different because the fabric behaves differently. Um, There certainly are designers who like sketch, draw, design, and then pick a fabric that would work in that design. Um, It's just not the way that I've ever worked. Um, but in swim, it's a little different because swim fabric, swim fabric, right? It could be textured. It could be non-textured, but it's more or less, it's a synthetic stretchy fabric that probably has UPF properties and dries pretty quickly, right? You're sort of limited. Um, and I knew that I wanted the fabric to be made from recycled, um, materials. So that limited it down to like Mm -hmm. about two fabrics or two suppliers. So which was, which was easier. Um, you know. To only pattern. be limited to two suppliers is easier when you're right.
1: faced with right. so much decision-making. And then yeah. I think once you get your products created, then it's a matter of, like, you tell me, do you have the chicken and egg thing? Like, how many do you order? Or keep it, you know, all of that. Yeah. How does that work? And,
2: you know, like, what I, you one thing that I've really learned a lot about since launching my own business, because I, I think... Um, Again, like someone else was just doing this at the companies that I worked at, right? Now I have this very small business. I have no idea how many customers I'm gonna have. I have no idea who I'm gonna sell it to, right? And I know that I'm gonna make it overseas um because I really have always enjoyed working with a factory on what's called the full package, so the factory helps you supply the fabric and the trims and the lining and um, makes the garment, it's really just better to have one person responsible for all of it. Because once you start like shipping fabric from Italy and trim from Canada, then like it's like a he said, she said, who is responsible for each thing. Um, and given my small team of one, it just seemed better to put as much as I could on the factory, which I think in general is is a good idea to to do in whatever product you're making. Um, and it was COVID and there was a global supply chain crisis. So yeah. Um, yeah, they were doing everything and they want a every factory. Again, it doesn't have to be apparel. Any product has a minimum, right? They have like an efficiency that they have to hit. They want their workers to be on some sort of assembly line in fashion. They don't want to change the thread color. So for example, they'd be much happier with black bathing suits and a print that is black floral and could use black thread than if I started using like all different things. So you have to really like be a good partner to the factory and take all these things into account. And because I'm working overseas, they really want at least hundred pieces per style, but I have no one to sell it to yet. And I have no accounts and whatever, what am I going to do with a hundred bathing suits in one style? Um, so it is really tricky. And then if you make it domestically in New York, you have to import everything. Again, it was a global supply chain crisis. I don't even know how I would get everything here. I could barely get to Manhattan in like with a mask on and whatever was happening. And the cost of doing it in New York or even in LA, in a lot of cases, is so high that I would have to then pass that cost onto the customer, and I would sell even less bathing suits. So it's very, very tricky. Um, and I think that what customers don't realize is that you know everybody wants everything to come from size extra extra small to size three XL. This is like a very common conversation in fashion now. What people don't understand is that. If I'm making, so now I got my factory to agree to 100 pieces per style, 25 pieces per color, right? So if you have 25 pieces per color, let's say that um, in fashion, you generally do a ratio of like one, two, two, one, one. So like uh, 10% extra small is 20% small is 20% medium, like that. Um, obviously, it depends on who you're selling to, but more or less, this is generally how it works. So if I have, t- let's use a rounder number. If I have a hundred p- or ten pieces, I'm going to get one extra small, two smalls, two mediums, one large, one extra large. I don't think that adds up to ten, but you understand the point. Yeah. If I then start adding extra extra small, extra extra large, two XL, now I'm asking the factory to cut one of each size or two of each size on the off chance that I might have a customer for that size, even though it's a style that wasn't even designed for that woman in mind and she deserves a style that was really designed for her body type and the factory won't do it and then they want to charge me a surcharge. And really that woman probably isn't going to buy that bikini anyway because that's not really the right style for her. So I think people like to sort of like bring up, why don't you have this? Why don't you have that? Because it's because you can't have everything. Like you sort of have to just decide the best thing for your business and the styles and the sizes that you're most likely to sell. And it's very hard in the beginning because I don't know who I'm selling. You know, I don't know what store I don't know what you know we were lucky enough to be picked up by Nordstrom in May Um, and up until May I had been selling directly to customers so I have a lot in where I'm selling I have a lot of extra small and small customers so I was buying a lot of that from the factory now Nordstrom comes in the mix and they say to me well we sell a lot of medium and large And I was like, oh, no, I don't have a lot of medium and large. I rarely get asked for medium and large where I'm currently selling. Um, So then you sort of have to like, you know, do your best guess with the matrix, whatever. It's just like an ongoing. um,
1: Do Nordstrom's. So when you get into Nordstrom, are you getting into their online or all of their actual retail locations?
2: So they started us online, um, I believe. That's common now, but again, it's it's my first experience with it. But I do think it's common now. I mean, it's certainly much easier for them to give you a try online um, because the real estate is yeah. less finite. Yeah. Let's say um, swim specifically. I mean, Nordstrom stores have a very small swim blueprint. Um, a lot of the stores don't have swim at all, or share the space with athleisure or athletic wear. Um, and the laundry department. So obviously some Nordstroms like Bell Harbor have a much bigger um, swim department, some have much smaller. Um, So I think uh, my understanding is that you have to like really prove yourself online, which, you know, most um, big stores like Nordstrom would call their .com store their biggest store. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think if you prove yourself online and prove that the the Nordstrom customer has a demand for the product, then they might transfer you in store. I mean, the argument can be made, of course, that you might have more success in store, especially in a category like swim, because somebody would see it, touch it, feel it, try it on, be more likely to buy it. And I think also, when you go to a swim department in a department store, you're there with the intent to buy swim. So like most people are not just like wandering around the swim department, you go like be lying to the swim department because you have a vacation or you have some bright like like people browse the dress department in like a very different way. Um, but yeah. I think it takes a long time. Um, Nordstrom specifically does not have a lot of brands in store, like maybe five or six. Right. Like pretty famous, like big swim brands. Um, other stores like Bloomingdale's have like quite a lot of brands in store. So I think it just depends on their strategy.
1: Do they require you to have so many in stock?
2: Um, I don't know about
1: the minimum order.
2: They, they do a projection. Um, I mean, you know, again, the internet's like a little bit different if they were going to put a brand in stores and then, you know, a big department store, like a Nordstrom's or Bloomingdale's that has like quite a lot of stores in the country, they would need a size run. Um, a size run is basically extra small to extra large, one of each, or usually, like I said before, two smalls, two mediums, one of the other sizes, in order to, you know, they don't want customers coming and asking for the size and then they don't have it, right? So this particularly gets very tricky in something like shoes, where you have to have like a ton of sizes for every brand, for every style, right? Like imagine what the stock room looks like for shoes at Nordstrom. So, yeah. so swim is I never sort thought, of- I never thought about it.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think even in dresses, if someone really wanted the dress, they
2: like only had a medium, maybe you could sort of like work it out. I don't know. But in swim, you really don't want to buy a bathing suit that doesn't fit you. I, I don't recommend that to anybody. <laughs> like, like at the very least, you know, a lot of people say to me, I don't know why they say this to my face, to be honest, but like I'll be at an event and people will be like, oh my God, like I, I don't need a bathing suit. I just got the best bathing suit at Target. And I'm like, or, or, or the thing I hear the most is like, I'm not really looking for bathing suits now because I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Oh, always. Yeah. I hear this all. that It's never five. No one ever wants to lose five pounds. It's always 20 pounds. 20. And they say, well, I'm just going to buy my bathing suits at Target until I lose 20 pounds. And I, I mean, I would never say this to a customer, but I'm always like, of all the things, of all the garments you could possibly buy, like... Buy yourself a nice bathing suit that fits you really well, like right
1: now, because
2: there's really nothing worse than like an ill-fitting bathing suit. Right,
1: right. Um, well, plus, and y'all usually get one or a couple, or yeah. you, know, you get tons of clothes, right? So, yeah. uh, buy one each size. There you go. Totally, Whenever totally. you reach those <laughs> sizes, right? Just buy I one, know. right, now. I mean,
2: or not to get off topic, but most women, unfortunately, don't realize that they look beautiful right now.
1: Because you know,
2: now that I'm with, now that I'm with women trying on bathing suits all the time, unfortunately, I do, I do find that a lot. Um, but yeah, so if you were going to be in store, Nordstrom would need a size run for every single store that they put you in, which is quite a lot of inventory. But online, I think, because it's technically one store, let's call it, um, it's maybe a little bit more flexible. And I can also sort of swap out, like, if I have inventory for my own website and Nordstrom runs low, I can sort of, like, give to them and be a good partner, you know.
1: So what has been your biggest obstacle or aha moment? What's been your biggest aha moment along your journey?
2: Oh, wow. Um, Definitely, I heard a lot in the beginning. Like, I would be like... I'm making bathing suits for women thirty plus I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna sell to department stores. This is my business, and a lot of people would say to me like you shouldn't be so sure like most entrepreneurs like have a plan, and then you sort of have to be really flexible with where the business takes you like listen to your customer, keep your eyes open take you know Go with what works. Don't keep saying, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, because you'll you'll miss out on opportunities if you do that. Um, and I heard it a lot, but like I kept just being, oh, this is my business. <laughs> this is my business. Um, but pretty early on, I had that aha moment that I was wrong. I literally thought that I was gonna build a beautiful website and and I did. It's, well, I didn't build it. Um, a company called Soulmark Creative built it. They're brilliant and wonderful if anybody needs a website. Uh, design company. Um, I thought that I was gonna build the website, it was gonna go live, and then I was just gonna have like thousands of orders and people were gonna be like, Thank God, this website is live. <laughs> like, I I understand like the saying, like if you build it, they will not come. Like you hear this all the time, but it was not obvious to me at the time. And again, I had never worked in e-commerce. I I just designed it, make sure it was beautiful, made sure it fit, passed it off to the other teams. Right, I don't know what happened to it after that. <laughs> like, I, right. I don't, it was so irresponsible. Now, I always think if I went back to be a head of design at a big company, they would be like super lucky to have me now.
1: Because yeah, like sure. now,
2: now that I understand like the whole life cycle, but in any case, built the website, it was fine. Like my friends and family placed a lot of orders, but like that does not a business make. And so, um, someone suggested that I have a trunk show at like a really nice specialty store. Um, in my town and they were nice enough to agree. And like hundreds of women in town came out and bought bathing suits. And luckily the timing was very good. It was right before February 2022 a school break. So it was the first time people were going on in June, but but the first resort vacation people were taking since COVID. This -hmm. was like the first time that people like felt comfortable flying and whatever. And we did amazing. We did like an unbelievable sales day that day. And so my friend in Westchester, which is like sort of upstate New York said, you should do one here before the vacation. So then I did that. And it's so much work, these trunk shows. I mean, like, it's like, you know, packing, unpacking the car, getting all the sizes, trying on, there's like bathing suits everywhere. And so I did the one in upstate New York and I was like, thank God that's over. Like, thank God I could just sell on the website now, that the word is out. And, um, and, yeah, like I said before, like that's not how it works. I realize now that like you have to drive traffic to your website, <laughs> like unless yeah. it's your mom and her friends, like you have to pay for yeah. advertising to drive traffic to your website. Um, and getting into stores was not as easy as I thought it would be, again, like even with my background, even with my connections. Stores have a finite amount of real estate. They have partners that they're committed to. It's not like you walk into a boutique and there's like empty racks waiting for them to find the next big designer, right? So like, even if they like your stuff, they've already spent their money for the season. They can't tell their existing vendors, like, bye, sorry, we're not taking your order because we found someone better. Like, it doesn't work like that. They have relationships that they've built over years and years. So I'm thinking I'm going to like call the swim stores all over the country and tell them I started this brand. And they're also going to be like, It's about time. Sign me up. Thank goodness. Like send me forty bathing suits, you know. So so that didn't happen either. Um and so very, very quick. Back to the aha moment. Um, what was working was these trunk shows. And so I started planning more and doing them at private homes, at friends' houses, and country clubs and pool clubs and um shopping events and it's it, when i wrote that business plan all 80 pages not one of those pages said that i was going to be packing up my car with all the bathing suits and traveling around the country <laughs> page 81 the addendum <laughs> but like it, it works it totally works and like it's fun and um and i get to meet all the customers which has been like an amazing side effect that I didn't expect. So all, you know, the 20 years that I worked in a corporate office and like an ivory tower, right. Me and my design team designing for customers, we would never meet. We would never talk to no idea where she's going. You know, now I meet them and they tell me like, I wish this covered more. I love this because I can never find a bathing suit that like feels this way on my chest or I I'm so glad this has adjustable straps. I wish this didn't have X, Y, Z, you know, like people are not shy and, and they like, meeting the designer and they like, you know, being styled by, you know, I mean, I really care and I'm like passionate about the product and, and there's bathing suits everywhere all the time. I mean, you have to really try on a lot to find the one and that's fine with me. And, and it's really fun. And then because I like form this relationship with like, I mean, literally like hundreds of customers, they send me the pictures from their vacation. And like, that's been the most satisfying thing. Yeah. It's so nice because like, you know, someone buys something on a website, you don't know who that person is, where they're going. Like, that they never treat themselves, whatever. No, I'm like meeting these women, they're all saying like, I haven't bought myself something for vacation in five years. My kids all get new stuff because it doesn't fit them anymore. My husband gets new stuff because I don't know, he's a man, but like, you know, sure. this is for me. And then they send me pictures and they say, I've never felt so beautiful on a vacation. I like wore it every day. Um, my husband told me I look nice. He never says that. And you know, then I feel like we get to be part of like their special vacation or summer memories or whatever. And, and
1: it's, yeah. it's been really nice. That's awesome. So do you still do trunk shows?
2: I do. <laughs> but now I do trunk shows and I manage Nordstrom. Um, And we're really excited. We're launching sax.com in December. Um, oh,
1: that's exciting. Congratulations. Yeah,
2: thank you. So I don't know. At some point I'm going to need to get some help. Um, But <laughs> um, yeah. the trunk shows... The three babies yeah my daughter said to me my 10 year old daughter said to me this weekend why don't you work all weekend and daddy doesn't have to (laughs) i said well daddy has a lot more employees than mommy does Uh, we'll get
1: there we'll get there so what do you see i mean are you is your goal to be in more retail stores
2: um, yes and no. I mean, well, yes, because I think um the discovery is amazing. You know, like I can only reach so many people. If I have a trunk show in Chicago at my friend's house in Chicago, all of a sudden I have Chicago customers, right? All of a sudden I can see on Instagram and in my website that like the percentage of people that are my customers in Chicago or followers in Chicago like goes up a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So I, that's not really like a scalable long term plan, obviously and Nordstrom all of a sudden, I mean Nordstrom has millions and millions of people on their website every day. I could never reach that many people unless I started spending millions of dollars on Facebook ads. So you know, better off with an amazing partner like Nordstrom or Sachs that already has the customer that's already marketing to that customer, designing a website like and an assortment geared toward that customer. Um, so for the discovery, I think that. Major department stores are really like still where it's at, um. Especially for swim, um. I've always been very partial to boutiques. Like I love a local boutique. I love a small business. I think there's nothing like going to your local store and like knowing the salespeople and they know you and they say, oh my gosh, like Jamie, come in. This thing just came in. I was going to call you. Like it has your name on it. I have always um, been pretty loyal to my local swim boutique, which is called Great Shapes, and. I don't think I've ever gone in there. I've been shopping there since high school and bought what I thought that I was going to buy. I always buy something the salesperson brings in the dressing room and says, why don't you try this on? Just see. And they know, you know, they know they do this all day long. They've probably been doing it for 20 years. Um, So I very, very much believe in small boutiques. Um, They're struggling now, unfortunately. Um, You know, everyone has... My parents' business closed because they couldn't compete with Amazon.
1: yeah. And,
2: um, and I think that that is hard, but, you know, I would love change of scenery to be in more high-end local boutiques, um, resort boutiques. I mean, there's nothing like a resort boutique that customer is like ready to wear swim, groomed to swim, ready to spend money, but <laughs> sure. not going to return it. So those are good.
1: Yeah,
2: I- um, and no, I-, I, I can't like drive my car around the country for the rest of my life doing these trunk shows. So. Right. So I don't know. I do love them, but I would like to get to a place where I could do them because I love them and I love meeting the customers and I love how much I learn from them and not because I
1: have to, you know, I think that customer feedback is tremendous Mm -hmm. and I'm also shocked that companies like Kate Spade or any of those do not gather this consumer research.
2: Well, they do. Um, They hire like outside agencies to do it. It was actually like one of my favorite things to do at Kate Spade. They hire this company called Bread Scout, which is like a pretty good, like, um, I don't know what they're called. They basically go into the Kate Spade stores all over the country and they talk to customers and they talk to the managers and they like ask the customers, like, what's your job? How old are you? You know, they like, and then they come back and they present to the design team or the merchant or everybody their findings. And so you sit in this room and they say like, who does everyone think this customer is? And of course, like all the young designers are like, she owns an art gallery. (laughs) That's always the answer. Cause that's like the dream, right? You want like your customer to own an art gallery. So she can wear like crazy cocktail dresses. And then of course, Red Scout is like, she's a lawyer in Minnesota and like has to wear a blazer every day (laughs) over her like dress that has to be like to her knee or whatever. So that was always really fun, but you know, there's no time you know there's 12 collections a year that the team's trying to put out plus special collection for Zach's, special collection for Chinese New Year special collection for the Oscars I don't know I mean fashion is crazy it's like a crazy hamster wheel these days and so at a big company like there's just no time to you sit in the meeting and it's fun and it's interesting and you take away what you can take away but like to dissect it or to you know I always Loved working in the Kate Spade stores. Like during Christmas, they would encourage us to do it because they needed extra help. And like, we should learn. The designer should be in the store. But there was no time. You know, I would do it once a year. And I would always say I would do it more. But like when? You have to get your job done.
1: Right. Right. So That's a lot of collections.
2: It is a lot of collections. Well, that's another thing I love about Swim. Swim has two collections a year. (laughs) But ready to wear clothing has a lot. I mean, think about a store. There is so much clothing now.
1: So much. Yeah, I know. I know there is a ton i volunteer it's a total side note but i volunteer sometimes at our neighborhood clothes closet mm-hmm. so it's for um you know everybody does instead of salvation army it's somewhat but they give back to the community of people oh, okay. it goes along with the food bank kind of story and what we what the clothes closet doesn't use then gets passed off to Salvation Army. But the amount of clothes that comes in on a daily basis is absurd. And I'm talking daily, daily. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It is. Um yeah,
2: yeah it's a whole a whole nother podcast fashion.
1: Right.
2: Right. The right. The reason, You know, for change of scenery, obviously the bathing suits can't be recycled back into bottles, right. um, But I knew that if I was going to start a company and put more product into the world in 2023, like I had to find a way to, you know, once you decide, the best thing you could do for the environment is to not make any product, right? Um, once you decide you're going to make product like I did, then like, you know, what are the things that you could do the best? So the bathing suits are basically um, a, a factory in North Carolina takes plastic bottles that are either found in the ocean or like littered on the beaches or things like that. They melt them down into um, nylon pellets and then make it into thread, that then becomes the fabric for the bathing suits, Um, which is amazing. So at least it's not virgin materials. And you you can't do this in every category, but it happens to be fairly easy to do, albeit expensive, but easy to do and swim. Um, And the fabric is beautiful and soft and has like all these incredible properties. So that's great. Um, And then I really think, you know, I, I mean, I'm not a fan of fast fashion, I think. You know, a woman of a certain age, maybe fast fashion like isn't always like the best look. Like, you know, young young kids in fast fashion I think is sort of fine. But I understand like people have what they can pay and, and what whatever that is. The problem with fast fashion is that you can't wear it that much. Like it doesn't last very long or whatever. So change of scenery, I wanted the quality to be amazing. You know, like you said, you don't need so many bathing suits. You could buy one one change of scenery bathing suit should last you like a very long time, especially if you take care of it. Like we recommend, you know, don't go in a hot tub in your nice bathing suit. Really? Yeah. A lot of people don't know that because if you have your bathing suit in very high temperatures, like a dryer or a hot tub, the elastic will melt and it will not, it will over time, it will wear down the elastic and then it won't fit you as well.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think the combination of not using virgin materials and making a product that could last a woman a very long time hopefully helps a little bit. But you know, it's not it's just a lot of stuff in the world. And you have
1: you have some great cover ups as well that uh are nice. That's my biggest challenge is finding a cover up that I like that fits okay. That I don't know. I oh, it shouldn't
2: it more- fit okay. It should fit amazing. <laughs> You want to feel amazing, no? Because I'm with these customers all the time. I can tell right away when she puts it on. There's like a moment when a woman is trying something on, bathing suit, cover up, doesn't matter. That she like looks in the mirror, and there's like a one second time that I can see in her eyes. She either thinks she looks great, or like that's not the one. And if it's not the one, like um, if she doesn't like it, then with just me, she's not gonna like it on a beach of hundreds and hundreds of people, right? But that's like the best feeling for me when she looks in the mirror and like knows that she looks amazing. Because I think, you know, you're on vacation, everything's magical, everything's beautiful or in your backyard at your pool, whatever it is. And you're like having this wonderful time with your friends or your family. And then like you feel like sort of you know, schlumpy. Is that an okay word to use? Like that's not good, right? Or you're wearing your jean shorts from like college because like that's what you still put over your bathing suit. Like we're grown ups. Like get something beautiful. Like get one thing. I don't know. <laughs> Cause some of my best styles are like we have like the perfect um pull on beach skirt. Comes in like black, navy, white, um, comes as pants now, also. Like, you don't have to get the um printed maxi dress that you can only wear once in a while, right? Like I love those too, and and, and my customers love those too. But the best things have been like the black beach skirt. That like yeah. looks much better than your jean shorts from high school. Right. You know, And the, the price is very reasonable and it's machine washable and like they'll wear it all the time.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So now you're getting ready to launch a new, you just did this uh, photo shoot. So mm-hmm. you're getting ready to launch a new um, line? Yes.
2: Um, you know? The swim season for the whole industry starts in resort. So um, let's see. Fashion is called like the year that you're in. So if you are buying clothes in spring, then it would be a spring 2024 collection. And in summer, summer 2024 collection, all the way to holiday, holiday 2024 collection would be for that Christmas. But swim is a little different. So swim starts in resort, which delivers in November of the year before. So this collection is resort 2024 will launch in November 2023. Which is very yeah. confusing, but that is because it should last the woman all the way through the swim season of 2024. Does that make uh, sense? Because, yeah, yeah. like, uh, in your mind, like you might shop for a new bathing suit for your Christmas vacation, and then that would be your suit that you would wear all the way through summer. It's like the fall is Since like a the reset. to get
1: a suit then, like November.
2: Yeah, it's actually the most popular time for women to buy a suit. Um, because I think women in, in my experience, everywhere I've worked and also for change of scenery, women are much more likely to invest in themselves for like a resort vacation or like some sort of vacation than they are to like go to the pool with their kids in June or like lay in their backyard. Right. You know? right. Plus if you buy it in November, then you really get like seven months of use out of it. You might get a few vacations out of it and the whole summer, Right. Um, sure. Most people think that summer is the biggest time for swim sales, but like if you buy a bathing suit in June, like you're looking at like eight, 10 weeks at best. Yeah. That's not great. Right. So shop early. It's
1: true. <laughs> I mean, that's probably an age thing too, I would say. Yeah. Teenager, yeah. Them in summer yeah. Yeah. So, what have been a couple of your obstacles that you've mm-hmm. faced and how did you overcome them?
2: I can't promise I've overcome them, but.
1: <laughs> Or a detour, a detour. What detour did you take to?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think one like really challenging thing has been the trade shows and sort of like how to get to the stores, the accounts, um, things like that. Um, Actually, I mean, partly because people say, oh, how'd you get a Nordstrom for in a year? I mean, I guess partly because like I don't come from another industry, right? Like I was sort of able to get a conversation with the buyers quicker than someone outside of fashion would have. Um, but you know, then it wasn't easy after that. You still have to like, you know, have the right product for their customer and all those things. And and Nordstrom was an amazing partner and has been like so supportive the whole time. But I do find it much harder to find the boutiques because like you would have to know either be a person who sold that, that product to boutiques for a very long time. So you would have to find the right salesperson or like, you know, cold, cold calling didn't work. Basically it was like the biggest obstacle. So I signed up for, It's called the swim show. It's like the big swim trade show in Miami in July. Again, back to what I was saying in the beginning, because that's what you do. Like, that's what has always been done, as far as I know. Every big company that I worked for, it's July, you go to the swim show, right? I never knew how much it cost. I never knew how much work it was. I just knew, like, we designed it, we gave it to the salespeople, they go to the swim show. So I thought, that's what I'll do. And it was way too quick. I should not, if I could do it again, I wouldn't have done it my first year. I wasn't ready. I didn't like it. I was still figuring out what the brand was, who the customer was. I wish I had like a whole year of being at those trunk shows with the women before I started like telling third party accounts, what my brand was. Um, So that's definitely something that I would do differently. I, I knew nothing about trade shows. and Maybe I could have asked for more help. I mean, I think that I probably should have asked for more help in a lot of cases. But you, you talk to the trade show people. I realize now that they're salespeople, so of course you are trying to upsell you at every point. But at the time, I thought they were like my friends who were trying to help me along, like the journey of getting to a trade show. I um, I picked. It's a lot of work. Lot of work. I picked like the least expensive booth. I think it was like nine thousand dollars. It came with two racks and like a table. And and then they have like a union that you have to hire for everything. So if you want a plant, you have to get it from the plant union. And if you want your logo on the wall, you have to get it from those people. And if you want an extra rack, you, you know, the carpet has to be from these people, whatever. So I do everything they tell me. And any these people like email you, do you want lists of people coming to the show? I'm like engaging them all in conversation. Now I realize it's like sort of a scam. All in all, I I got a model for all three days because this is what we always did at big companies. All in, the trade show cost me $16,000. I stayed at a hotel. My parents live 45 minutes away from this hotel in Miami, but this is what I thought I needed to do. And I got no orders, zero. And I mean, it was devastating. It was really, really devastating. I mean, that's a lot of money anyway. It's a lot of money for me, for the startup. Um, We're bootstrapping the whole thing. And I like I didn't know how else to reach accounts. Like I thought that I was gonna go to this trade show and then I would just get accounts. I mean clearly this is like a recurring theme.
1: I, Do you, I just thought Say again. Have you been back to that show?
2: Um, so I didn't go back to that show. That show was not the right fit for me. I think the brands adjacent to me or the brands that show it at that show. Or much bigger brands. I mean, I was like this little tiny fish in the corner, and then like the booths next to me were these like gigantic, custom designed, like blown out brands that had appointments all day long, and like I, I got like no one even knew I was there. It, it was not a good fit for me for a new yeah. brand. Um, so, I mean, you can't swear off trade shows forever. How are you going to reach the accounts? Um, I brainstormed for a long time. And then finally landed on, I needed a showroom. I needed to pay somebody a commission who is an expert in reaching those accounts. I have since partnered with an amazing showroom. And so now they're guiding me, like what, where to go, what to do. So this past summer, again, not perfect, but much better. I went to a different trade show, also during Miami Swim Week, but there's eight shows. So that first show was not a good fit for me. I went to a show that was a much better fit for me where all the booths are the same. No matter how big of a brand you are, everybody gets the same booth. So that felt much better. Mm-hmm. Um, actually shared a booth with one of my showroom's other brands. So it was it was less expensive to begin with and then about half the price anyway. Um, and just, you know, did what I could to take from the learnings, listen to my showroom about some things I could do. And look, it wasn't perfect. Like my hangers were too big. I had too much product. I <laughs> Somebody wanted a model. Told me, I said, "I don't have a model." She said, "Wrong answer." <laughs> so what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Last year I spent four thousand dollars on a model. I couldn't do it again. So I don't know. Maybe I would have gotten that account if I had a model. You, you know, you do the best that you can. But I just, I've just learned like it is very hard to pick yourself up and and move forward and stay positive after spending sixteen thousand dollars and getting no orders. You know, I, I've yeah. since talked to people that say like. For the trade shows, you basically want to like get more in orders than you spent on the trade show. Yeah. I mean, I didn't
1: even come close. Um, it almost makes me wonder, um, given that type of um, those types of trade shows, if you went as like an attendee to figure out which one's best suited. Mm-hmm. And kind of get the lay of the land if you haven't been to them already before you invest, at least as a bootstrap startup, like 16 grand is a lot to um,
2: eat. Yeah, no, people, that, that's actually like a great idea. And people have even suggested to me, because there's other swim shows and uh, there's a bunch in California, um, that the cost of a plane ticket to California to check out the shows would be a lot less than wasting your money on a booth. You know, so um, yeah. yeah, I think I will like from now on just like try to experience the tr- the trade show before I commit
1: to it. Um, yeah, just I mean, I if I guess I'm just thinking out loud for anybody that thinks they need to go to trade shows. I've done that before back when I was in. You know, you spend hundreds and thousands of dollars getting just getting your stuff there if you're not yeah. driving. Yeah, shipping everything there, then manning it. And then it may not be your customer, your crowd, right? So um, I don't know. It just sounds like that may be an option. Can you attend as an attendee without being a brand? Yeah, some of them
2: are harder to get into than others. But like more or less, you can get in.
1: Yeah. I think
2: especially now because attendance is down a lot. Like post-COVID, a lot of the shops don't travel as much anymore. Or now that people can do like Zoom appointments. I mean, I don't think they're as effective, but of course, a lot of people think this. So, Um, yeah, I think you just have to like focus really hard. Or I found that I have to just try to stay positive and focus really hard on like what did work, if anything, or, you know, if everything didn't work, then like, what's the other way to do it? Because trade shows work, right? People get orders at trade shows. Mm -hmm. People meet accounts that they would never have been introduced to at trade shows. So, Mm -hmm. Um, I, I do still believe in them, but like you said, like you just find the ones that are good for you.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's great. I mean, I'm sorry that you didn't get any orders and that is, um, hard to mentally get over, I think for a hot minute whenever you're a startup, but in the bigger scheme of things, I think that there are detours and lessons learned and things you can move forward, right? Like it's not going to um, take you down. Interestingly,
2: again, like um, back to that, I never thought that I would be doing these trunk shows all over the country. I've gotten two of um, my, my best boutique partners because I did a trunk show like in that city and all the girls at the trunk show who bought bathing suits for me would say, Oh my God, you've got to meet the owner of this store in town. Like that's where we all buy our bathing suits. She would love you. Um, I didn't need the trade show for those. You just sort of have to right. be right place, right time. So I've also learned, like, I really thought that that swim show was like the only way I was going to meet accounts and it's not, you know, things happen all different ways. Right.
1: Right. So This whole trunk show thing reminds me of another brand. The woman has spent, the founder she spent her whole life in um textiles and she's more on the kitchen side of things though, like towels and things of that nature but um she started her own company and uh she started at selling at like marketplaces and um art shows and things of that nature and now she's in like the targets and the myers and those Mm -hmm. types of stores but her initial strategy was going local and word of mouth. Um, and it was interesting to me because most everyone that I had spoken with, with a brand is always wanting to go to the big boys first, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to get into target. I want to get in this, but it's the word of mouth has power. Yeah.
2: I mean, even with influencers, influencer, um, culture I guess you could call it like it's fascinating I knew nothing about influencer culture I would like check Instagram once in a while but I knew nothing about like the business that is influencer culture and I I have been lucky enough to partner with some amazing content creators and, and we don't have I don't have money to pay them two thousand dollars for an Instagram post right so I I meet influencers who um, I use a platform called LTK uh, like to know it Um, which I've had some nice success with, and they have a nice team. Um, It's like a few thousand dollars a year. Um, Just um, an influencer management company is a few thousand dollars a month. Um, So this is without even paying the influencers, right? So it's pretty reasonable. Um, And it's a platform where brands can search for creators and creators can search for the brand. And so I can't afford to pay them, but I gift them a suit and a cover-up or a suit or a cover-up. And... um, and it's mostly creators that, you know, are a good fit for me. They're also a mom or they're, you know, a woman or they're a travel someone who travels and um and they believe in the brand and they like the product and they are happy to promote it for me or whatever it is. Um, but I haven't seen like tons and tons of success from the posts. You know, I think like um, you know, they have to write hashtag ad, which is fine. Like it's a law. And also, like, that's good. I think people should know that they didn't like promote it on their own but um you know every time a, a influencer posts maybe we get like a few sales but if one of my friends like a normal person that has like 300 followers on Instagram right a private account posts like where my change of scenery bathing suit the whole week in the Bahamas like it's my favorite like my friend started this company follow her I will see like an uptick in followers an uptick in sales like Messages. I just think that the word of mouth from like actual people that you know and trust is so much stronger than like some quasi celebrity that has like 300,000 followers right. and gets paid to promote things. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I
1: feel like it's getting overused, obviously. Yeah. Hooks are huge. But now, I mean, I've been on the TikTok crease. I've done several things I bought so su- several things because and now I'm like I don't buy it because uh, a lot of them have been such a bust right so mm-hmm. now I think people I feel like are starting to do a little bit more due diligence when it comes yeah. to um looking at the products that some of these influencers are been buying yeah well I just got influenced
2: by a curling iron because I kept getting targeted by it and the girl in the video she made it seem so easy she just like held it up and like and then it like came out and she looked amazing. She like went about her day. So I get it. I it was like $40. It wasn't crazy, but like I get it. And I'm like, oh, it's gonna change my life. I'm gonna get ready in like five minutes, like she did. And I'm like holding the curling iron upside down and like my hair gets like knotted into and I like have to brush it and I look like I got electrocuted. So yeah, is that what you mean? Is that what happened to you, too? <laughs> I mean,
1: like, this isn't working. <laughs> oh, <no.
2: laughs> well I can promise you if an influencer tells you that change of scenery bathing suits are high quality and beautiful they are yeah you don't no, have to feel like you, sure, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you yeah, won't end up with an upside down person,
1: right yeah. it's like, you guys this is the best bathing suit ever you'll listen to them right yeah
2: especially because like that person probably never promotes anything you're right. like my right. friend Liz just randomly said you know like Liz must be telling the truth she never says stuff like that you know
1: yeah Um so, sure yeah, for sure, that's awesome. So, um, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh,
2: god. I mean, definitely, like back to what I said before. I just really hope that I'm, you know, making somebody's experience where. I... See, the thing with swim is people always ask me why swim, because like it could be any category, right? I've, I've done a lot of categories in my career. Why swim? Swim's very hard. Like. Other categories don't have to fit perfectly. Some don't have to fit at all. Like I've done fashion accessories, scarves, hats, whatever.
1: That's easier. But your specialty.
2: Yeah, no, I love the specialty. And also I love, you know, the print color, whatever, like I said. But I also think swim is one of the only categories that like the customer, wherever she's going, whatever she needs the product for is is amazing is joyful is wonderful like okay probably most people don't want to try on swim or aren't like thrilled that they have to wear a bathing suit or whatever but like when you get there it's always something good you're with your friends you're with your family you're taking a break you're taking me time whatever it is even if you're chasing a two year old around like it's harder but it's it's still good um so I hope that um you know it's just I just made like an Instagram reel of like Tons and tons of pictures people had sent me over the summer and wrote like, you know, thank you for making us a special part of your summer memories. But I really do believe that. Like, I hope when people look back and then, you know, when they write me these messages, I hope they mean it, that they, they really felt beautiful, that they really felt special and like enjoyed that time with their friends and family more because everything's better when you feel
1: good, right. you know, especially as a woman. They, yeah. You yeah. Know. Do you you see yourself, one, I have a couple more questions. Do you see yourself expanding beyond swim someday or right now? Are you thinking you want to be the go-to swimsuit for this cat, for this particular costume?
2: Yeah, I think, um, like having done so many categories in my career, um, and that has to be done, especially at public companies, right? You have to keep growing. You have to keep like showing more. Expansion for your investors and whatever, um, that felt exhausting and also like you never feel like you're really good at anything. You know, mm-hmm. like when there's so much product and so many different things, you're like everything to no one. Or What's the saying?
1: That uh, like the jack of all trades, jack, I don't of, know trade.
2: yeah, jack of all trades. Yeah, jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. That doesn't feel good to me. Um, so you know, part of the reason for starting this brand and taking a break from corporate life is like. I just wanted to feel like the expert in I want to be the expert in something. I don't need to be good at a million things. We're bootstrapping the business. I don't have investors to answer to right now. I just want to be the best at Swim. And I want to be the best at Swim for this customer. So sometimes people come to me and say, oh, I really like a skimpier bottom. Like, do you have any skimpier bikini bottoms? And I like, you know, very gently just say to them, like, I don't right now. I don't believe that this customer that I'm servicing really wants that. And if she did, and if I started hearing it all the time, like, sure. But I do believe that there's lots and lots of other companies you can go to for a skimpy bottom. And that's not my brand. That's not my company. I want to mm-hmm. be good at making product for the woman I said I was going to make it for. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, one day, would I love to do plus size? Sure. But like, I would do it right. I wouldn't just like start making my current styles in 3XL. That's not fair to the 3XL woman. She deserves like a proper bathing suit designed for her body type that will make her feel beautiful. So like, no, I don't want to start making, you know, there were swim brands that launched a few years ago that all of a sudden make like flannel shirts, sweaters, luggage. You're sort of like, what? Like I thought you were a swim brand. Like, that's confusing to me. Then I feel like you're not the expert anymore on swim. I right. you know? want people are to think, I'm going on a vacation, I need to be in a suit. Who's the best at that? I want them to think of change of scenery. So the natural expansion for me would be um, extended sizing, which would either be all uh, modified styles for a plus-size woman and also... Um, more D cup styles. So in swim extended sizing is also styles that are designed for a woman with a bigger chest size. Um, we have underwire coming out for the first time in December in three styles, because that's something I heard a lot. Um, so I'm really proud of that expanding into D cup styles. Um, and then if we ever did expand, it would be very thoughtful into resort adjacent products. So, um, like I have a big, History and experience in fashion accessories, so straw hats, maybe tote bags, but like all things that would make sense for like the world of what she's already shopping for from me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not flannel not shirts. Sure. We're no. not going to make flannel shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be a different company. <laughs> change oh, of change of scenery to the mountains. I don't know.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. Awesome. So where? Should they go for our listeners that want to purchase um do they go would you suggest going to your website? Do you want them to check out um Nordstroms or Sex, Soon to Be Sex? Like what's the best avenue for them to get suits right.
2: and cover-ups. you can shop change of scenery okay. however you feel comfortable obviously um we have www.shopchangeofscenery.com um, and our instagram is at shop change of scenery you can also shop on instagram um if you dm on instagram or email on the website it will go to me um if you have any like styling or fit questions or anything like that i always encourage people to ask Um actually when i get the orders on the website if i see that somebody orders like a medium bathing suit and a different size in the cover off. But I know that like you should be wearing the same size in both. I always message the customer and say, let's talk about the fit of these two styles. Um, So I guess that's the benefit of shopping directly from me is that you get me. Um, But uh, I recognize that people feel really comfortable shopping on Nordstrom.com and Saks.com. And and that's amazing. Um, And so please, by all means, check us out on there too. Um, Same product, same great product.
1: Yeah, follow her on, follow the company on social media because you'll get to see when they launch their new lines, which is coming up in a month or Ooh. two, which is exciting. I I can't wait to see what's coming up. Uh, and we also have a special discount for you all, and we will include that information below. So take advantage of that. Jamie's been very, very kind to our listeners. So... Um, we are so appreciative that you took some time out (laughs) uh, to talk with me. I greatly appreciate it. And I'm super excited about what you're doing and your success so far. If there's ever anything that we can do, well, I'll just ask, what can we do to help? How can we help you succeed?
2: Oh, well, I think if you could wear your bathing suit and spread the word to your friends, that would be, that's always
1: the best thing. If you like the product,
2: Please spread the word to your friends.
1: For sure. Yes. Okay. I will not be modeling uh my suit <laughs> on Instagram. But I'll <laughs> you It's great.
2: <laughs> oh, Brooke, fun fact. I also don't model my bathing suits on Instagram. Like, don't tell
1: anyone. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, that, I don't think that would that would not go oh, very
2: still. well.
1: Oh, that's beautiful.
2: <laughs> All right, well, now now I'm going to make you send me a picture from your next vacation. Yeah,
1: right, right, right. I'll send you one from here up. How about that?
2: Um, And I love what you said when I sent you the bathing suit. You said, well, now I have to plan a a change of scenery. Yes. If the product can inspire you to plan something, then that's the best thing. Yes. I love
1: that plan word. That's fantastic. Well, thanks again. Keep us posted on all the new line when you're ready to launch the new line and all the fun stuff. And we will spread the word for sure. Um, I have some ideas of some boutiques that I'd like to introduce you to as well. So, um, yeah, I mean. Wait, who
2: needs a trade show?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 we have boutiques that do, like, um, they do a show a week of, like, a live. Oh. facebook show a live instagram show and i'm not kidding you they probably have 200 orders every single week that's amazing the, yeah it is it's amazing We huh, i want to meet uh, with weekend. two stores like that Very it's cool. crazy Very cool. yeah yeah so there you go there's an idea uh <laughs> a live <laughs> a live shopping experience i love it yeah Anyway, all right. Well, you take care, and I will be talking to you soon, and uh, let us know if you need anything.
0: Will do. Thank you so much for having
1: me. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: If you enjoy listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channel, The Wild Feather. If you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies, you can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website, thewildfeatherpodcast.com and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, you're an investor, or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings.